Well, hello, everyone. It's announcement time here at church. They're coming your way hot and fresh. Hey, uh, we just started a marriage group on Thursday evenings. There's a few weeks left in it. It's not too late uh, to be involved with that. You can still sign up on the app. They meet Thursdays at 6.30 p.m. Uh, it's becoming the best us. Good study. Pastor Fan and Pastor Georgina are leading that. So if you're married and want to be a part of it, be a part of it. Sign up on the app. Uh, another important announcement, the Women's Bible Study will be meeting back up again starting February 6th. Uh, they'll meet Tuesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. It's a great group of ladies uh, studying the Bible. So uh, be aware of that. Also, we have a grief share group that meets on Sunday evenings here at the church at 6 p.m. Uh, that That's another group that might interest you uh, if you you know need some support. Uh, Dr. Lily and Jack lead that. They do an awesome job. So that's grief share Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. We also have a men's group that meets every Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. in the Noah's Ark classroom. Great group of guys. Uh, Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Also, here's an event, uh, Night Watch. Uh, that's a night of ministry and, and prayer and worship. That's going to be January 24th at 6.30 p.m. Uh, so if you could use some extra ministry time, join us for that night. And uh, yeah, with all that being said, let's get ready for church. Woo! Everybody online, welcome. Glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to hop into a time of worship. We've had a great time this morning and looking forward to spending that time with you. Continuing on uh, in our series called Kingdom Revealed. And today we're going to be talking about Holy Spirit. Ah, uh, it's a great, to- great topic. It's Genesis 1. Get a Bible, get a coffee, get ready. Here we go. Woo! Good morning, family. It is wonderful seeing your faces, hearing your voices. We are looking forward to spending time with you all in worship and in the word. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do this morning. We are going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them off to all their myriad Sunday school classrooms. And then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. We're going to start wrapping things up in Kingdom Revealed. But we'll be bouncing around in Genesis and John. And there's a lot of good stuff going on today, guys. So I'm looking forward to digging in with you all. But before we do any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Lord, we thank you for your presence here this morning. We thank you for the privilege of entering your throne room as family. for the freedom to gather and fellowship and celebrate you together. Let us never take it for granted.
as we settle in your presence. Lord, we just want to know you better. So help us to hear you more clearly, to see you more fully. Begin a new work in us today. We say yes. You are beyond good to us, Papa, and we love you and we thank you. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Lord God, receive the prayers of your people who call upon you and grant that we may perceive and know what things we ought to do and also have the grace and power to faithfully perform them. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Chaplain Doug. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to start our time of worship now. And I always try to encourage us all to sing out, lift our voices, participate as we praise the Lord here in this place today. He is worthy of our praise. We're going to see the words on the screen so we can sing along with those. You're welcome to sit. Stand if you're able. He turns graves into gardens.
love you, Lord, and we are so thankful for this time of worship in your presence. You're good to us, Father. And Lord, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those who are working with our children today. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Good morning, boys and girls. Do you have your Bible, Charlie? Awesome. Good. Okay. So... Today's story, in today's story, we're going to see that Jesus' disciples finally got the helper that God had promised them. All right, so at this time, people from faraway lands were coming to the city of Jerusalem to celebrate a festival. And as you remember, Jesus' friends were already in Jerusalem. They were in an upstairs room, right, waiting, like Jesus told them, for God to send the Holy Spirit. Well, guess what? Acts 2.2 tells us what happened. It says that suddenly a sound like that of a violent rushing wind <clears throat> came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were staying the Holy Spirit had come, right? And the Holy Spirit came on each one of Jesus' disciples like flaming fire. Can you believe that? 
And then when they started to speak, something was different. They were speaking different languages. Do you know another language than the one that we're speaking? No? What about hola? Hola, mi nombre es Hannah. Oh, you know, very good. You got it, right? Yes. You, you speak Spanish too, Kendrick. That's so cool. You too? <gasps> Axel, you too? So cool. All right. See, they were speaking all kinds of languages, okay? That they didn't even know. You too? Yeah? Okay, good. Yes, they didn't even know these languages, right? So people in Jerusalem <clears throat> came to see what was happening, right? And they couldn't believe what they were hearing, right? Even though there were all kinds of people with all different kinds of languages, everyone heard Jesus' friends speaking in their very own language, telling them all the magnificent, amazing things that God had done. The people were so amazed. God had kept his promise to send the Holy Spirit. And now the disciples, right, were empowered to continue to make more followers of Jesus. When we trust Jesus as our Lord and Savior, God sends the Holy Spirit to us. Isn't that good? Good stuff, right? All right, good. Okay, so now we're going to say the Bible verse together. You ready? Okay, Acts 2.2. 2. Good job. Suddenly, a sound like that of a violent... Rushing wind came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were staying. Good job, boys and girls. That was amazing. Good job. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Pastor Georgina will pray for them in just a moment, and then we'll head them out to Children's Church, where they will have snacks and play games and learn and have fun. Okay. Yes. All right, guys, let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes. You ready, Clint? And Finn, yay, awesome. One, two, three. Father in heaven, thank you so much for taking care of us, Lord. Thank you for protecting us and providing for us. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to help us in all things. In Jesus' name. Good job, guys. Thank you, Pastor Georgina. <laughs> I thought it was cute. They were fascinated when you dropped into Spanish. Tu hablas español? And they were like, ah, sí. <laughs> then there's a lot of pressure. Some of them are probably saying sí and don't really, you know. <laughs> Have fun. Good to see all the kids. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Vineyard. Glad to have you with us this morning. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Happy to be with you. And uh, so glad you're here. 
the uh, QR code that just popped up on the screens in the sanctuary. If you point your smart device at it, it will take you to a spot on our web page that has some very helpful links, has the uh, fill-in notes where you can follow along in the message that's about to happen, and then you can keep a copy, you can email it to yourself. Uh, it has the listening uh, assistance device that you can pop on on your phone, and it has the translation system. We translate this service at 11 o'clock into 30 different languages. So if you have a language you'd prefer... Um, you can, and you can read it on your phone or you can plug it in with a, your phone and it will speak almost in real time. Pretty fascinating. And uh, yeah, there's a digital connect card too. If you're a first timer here, if you'd fill it out for us, name, phone number, email, we'd love to have that. Information. So welcome, welcome, welcome. And one thing that didn't get announced, a lot of stuff is happening and starting, but on the 27th, we're doing a baptism at Bay of Honda. We do five scheduled events like that a year. Uh, and it's a Saturday morning at 9 o'clock. You need to be baptized if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you haven't been baptized. I call that a biblical non-negotiable. That needs to happen. So this might be a great opportunity. Other people will come because they don't remember their baptism. Uh, I'm not challenging it theologically and say it didn't work. It's such a powerful memory. You may want to consider having it. And in January, Bay Honda, it's going to be a little brisk, It'll and you will remember it. It will enhance your ability to remember. It will. Yeah, so 27th. If you want to be baptized, it's on the website and yeah. on the app. Let us know that you're coming, or just show up. But let us know you're coming. We'll have a certificate yeah. and a t-shirt. Yeah. Okay. When we gather, we pray for our neighbors to reinforce something we ask you to do every day. Pray for the people who live right around you. It's a significant ministry that all of us are called to. God planted you where he did, and we're to impact the people that live around us. And praying for them is a big deal. Think about a couple of your neighbors, and let's go to the Lord. Papa, we lift up our neighbors to you. We ask God that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways. Draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. Help us, God, to be good neighbors, to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal and revival and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And amen. So we're continuing on in a series, Kingdom Revealed, part nine. Uh, we did a review last week because we'd taken Advent uh, and Christmas and we couldn't do the series, but I want to finish it. So we did kind of review last week. We're hanging out in Genesis 1 and 2, so we'll have done 10 weeks or so in two chapters of the Bible. There's so much going on in Genesis 1 and 2 that impacts the rest of the story that it's worth hanging out here. And then our next series will be Genesis 3 through 11, and it'll take us a while to get through there. And the chunks get bigger as we go, but we're going to go through the whole thing. Um, but all of this sets up the story so that you can see the connections as they're happening. And I think it just changes the way that we move through life and experience the Lord in our day-to-day -day, uh, hanging out with Him. So we're going to do that uh, some more today, talking about Holy Spirit today, one of my favorite subjects. Amen. I love talking about Holy Spirit. Hmm. And uh, look forward to doing that with you. Bad jokes have to happen. Mm -hmm. Where do you take someone who's been injured in a peekaboo accident? To the ICU. Not bad. That was cute. Have you, have you heard of the new sport called quiet tennis? Uh -huh. it's, it's a lot like normal tennis, but without the racket. Wow. Wow. So try and imagine it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I love this. Now, and other people don't, so what are you going to do? I built a model of Mount Everest. And someone asked me if it was to scale. And I said, no, it's to look at. Scaling Mount Everest. Yeah, nobody likes that joke. I like that joke. Yeah. I think it's going to catch on. Maybe next service. Here's... Would you please pray for us and lead us in the reading? Of the word? I'm going to attempt it. That's the difference between Steve and I. He'll say, it was great. Everybody loved it. And I'm like, meh. You know, <laughs> there's, there's the yin and the yang and every... Anyway, let's pivot and pray and then we'll, we'll read the word together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit for coming and filling us this morning. You infuse our souls with hope. We feel depression lift. We feel desperation lift. We feel despair lift when you come. And hope rises. Lord, I pray today that your Holy Spirit would indeed infuse us with hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the Gospel of John. This is chapter 7, beginning at 37. On the last and the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You guys can sit. Maybe they should make a bigger cup at Bucky's. pretty good sized cup. Okay. So in Genesis one and two, as I said, we did a review last week and the, the picture that uh, is ultimately being developed is that uh, Genesis one introduces a cosmic temple, a place where heaven and earth meets. In Genesis two, we find more information. We find that uh, Eden is cosmic temple is uh, on a mountain. And we know that because Rivers flow out of it that water everything else. So it's got altitude, and we talked about high places. And these rivers were important that were flowing out. We talked about them in our series. Uh, and then we also have in the middle, the very middle of that garden, we have the tree of life, uh, which we've, you know, God is the giver of life. And, and so in the picture there, you know, as we introduce the imagers, you know, Adam and Eve are there. And they can partake of the tree of life, and they can hang out in the in the living water, and that's what they're supposed to do. Um, and then we know that over time, we're going to really get into that in our next series. They choose to take from the other tree. Uh, they can't, you know. They decide to define good and evil for themselves, which is at the root. I said last week of all the mess that we have in the world, and uh, the consequence of that is that they're exiled, and they can no longer experience or have access to the tree of life or the living water. That's the state that humanity remained in exile until Jesus comes. Uh, he comes to rescue us. And he uh, will help us paint that picture again of what's happening. Because when Jesus comes, the apostle John tells us in John 1 that he's a tabernacle. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, tabernacled among us. So it's this picture of a heaven and earth connection, which is what we have in tabernacle all the time we've discussed. So Jesus comes as 
that. And we also know from various encounters throughout the scripture and the one, the scripture reading you read, he's a, he's living water. Streams of living water are, you know, available through Jesus. So we're building this illustration again, what Jesus does. And then we know that uh, after this amazing ministry uh, of Jesus, where he lived the perfect sinless life that we couldn't, uh, he does that in our place. He willingly goes to the cross on our behalf. On his way there, we know that he's, you know, falsely arrested. He goes through those mock trials. And then he's forced to carry his own cross. Uh, and he goes to a place called Golgotha, which is on Mount Moriah. We're getting some elevation back. There, uh, Jesus, perfect heaven and earth connection, fully God, fully man, is nailed to a tree, the cross. And the, that tree is lifted up there in the center. We know it's in the center because there's people on either side of him in this whole process. And we have this picture restored once again of what Jesus is doing is that we have the heaven and earth connection. Uh, he's going to go to the cross. He's not going to end, stay there on the cross. He's going to deal with sin, deal with death, and uh, he'll be resurrected, making a way for us once again, all of us, to have access to the tree of life and the living water. These are the pictures that are purposely being developed for you throughout the scripture. And so you you need to sort of have them as you're reading through the Bible. And my hope in all of this, why do we spend so long? Why do you spend? Why are you spending 10 weeks on two chapters? Look, the Bible is this amazingly divinely inspired literature that was never intended for you to read one time and have it all figured out. And the enemy's gone after believers and most, uh, a big number of believers have never even read it once. But we, it's never to be one and done. It's not that thing. You, you're, the, the psalmist says that we're to hang out in it day and night. And there's so much, and when the psalmist wrote it, they had way less Bible. There's so much there for us that that's how you're to spend your life. Connecting with God through what he's given you in his written word. Allowing Holy Spirit to help you. We'll talk more about him in a minute. To understand what's happening. But, there's life in it. That, that it's, it's fascinating. And so my hope is that as you see these amazing connections and these stories that are being painted on purpose in the scripture, you'll be drawn in to read more. Well, um, the other thing that we, we do know about Jesus is there, you know, on the tree of life, and he, he dies there and he's pierced, his side is in blood and water flows, which is fascinating. The blood you get, but why the water? And, and the water is this picture that in, in his death, Jesus is a fountain of life. And all these things are being reconnected in Jesus that we lost when we were exiled from the Garden of Eden. And we have access once again. And uh, in the scripture reading day, and then we see that Holy Spirit, after this happens, Jesus is going to then send Holy Spirit to his followers. And that's where we need to pick up the story. Now, um, where do you sort of understand and learn about Holy Spirit? And a lot of believers think that's all about Pentecost and what's happening. But uh, Holy Spirit is actually introduced into the story in Genesis 1, verse 2. Uh, and so we, we pick up what he's doing there. And I, Genesis 1, 1, 2, and 3, we've looked at, you know, in the beginning God created the heavens and earth. That verse first is a heading of what's happening. Really, the story kicks in in verse 2, and you have Holy Spirit uh, hovering over the waters, uh, and, and uh, he's going to do, you know, what he's about to do. And in verse 3, we see God speak, and we know from, again, from John 1, that that speaking of God, that's Jesus, that's the word that's happening. Through him, all things were made. So there in the very very beginning, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, first three verses of the Bible, you need to know that Trinity is, the Trinity is there, and things are already happening, and they're in the process of bringing uh, order into chaos, 
And, and so it's a fascinating deal. Now, the Spirit of God in, in Hebrew is the, uh, he's known as Ruach. Ruach. You get to do some funny stuff in the back of your throat if you want there when you say Ruach. And, um, this is the, the Hebrew word for the Spirit of God, for Holy Spirit. Uh, and as I said, Genesis 1 and, uh, 1 and 2, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the water. So here, very first page of the Bible, first couple of verses, we're introduced to Spirit. And he's ready to move into chaos and darkness and bring about life and light and beauty and order. And uh, the spirit, ruach, is the way that the biblical writers wrote about God's personal presence. That's what the word is conveying. It's used in, in different ways, um, but in, in trying to figure out, you know, what's the best way to sort of explain this idea of ruach. Um, I said in, in, to the last group some months ago, Alice and I were out by the pool, and it was a very windy day. Uh, we live in Venture Out. It was a very windy day there. And the clouds were getting whipped around and the trees were getting ripped around. And I said, it's so cool that, that what's happening here is this picture of wind, of, of ruach, of this energy that you can't see, but it's moving. It's moving the trees. It's moving the clouds. It's doing things, right? And, and wind can be extremely, extremely powerful. Well, that sort of understanding, that's in one of those meanings of ruach. And then another one would be um, so like, I, I don't usually get participation here, but, uh, I, I want you to just take a deep breath right where you're at. And that's a, the, what happens here, cause it's more than just air. It's, when you take a deep breath, there's like energy, it's vitality, it's, it's changing. You can, you can get a, this is really cool, right? Well, that too is the idea of ruach in the Bible. And, and so, um, just like wind and breath are invisible, God's Ruach, the Spirit of God, is invisible. Um, but in the same way that wind is powerful, so is the Spirit of God powerful. And in the same way that breath keeps us alive, so is Holy Spirit involved in the sustaining all life. So, so we're introduced to Holy Spirit very early on, first couple of verses, there he is. Now, what's his ministry like back in the Old Testament? Well, let me tell you that uh, he's he's doing things in the Old Testament. Obviously, there in the very beginning, he was bringing order into chaos. He's all part of that. But then we start seeing Holy Spirit empowering people in the Old Testament. And it's specific instances in the Old Testament. We have a much better deal this side of the cross because Holy Spirit is now available to all of us and fills us as believers. But back then, we, we see these specific instances. And the very first one is uh, with uh, Joseph back in Genesis 41. And Joseph's story is a great story in, in our daily Bible reading that, that we've been doing this year. Those of you that are doing that with us, um, right now, in the last few days, we've been talking all about Joseph. And I was talking to the, the folks in the prayer room as we got going. One of the things I love about Joseph is when Joseph enters the story, when stuff starts to happen, he's 17. And he acts like a 17-year-old because he starts to get these dreams about sort of, you know, what's going to happen and he's going to be somehow over his brothers. And rather than just kind of keeping that to himself, which is probably a pretty good idea, uh, he tells all his brothers and they hate him. And they already didn't like him because he's his, he's his father's favorite. Of all the sons, he's the father's favorite and so they don't like him. And he, when he tells them he's going to be like ruler over all of them, they go like, this guy's got to go. 
And uh, they throw him in a pit. And you guys know the story, but it's just fascinating, right? And then one of the brothers says, you know, let's, I don't want to kill him, but the rest decide to sell him into slavery. And uh, off he goes, and he's carted off, and then he's sold there uh, to Potiphar, and he's in Potiphar's house, and Potiphar's wife puts a move on him, which he resists. And then she accuses him of what he didn't do, and he ends up in prison. And uh, and then he's in prison where he interprets some dreams for a couple of guys, and, and they come true, and one of them is going to be restored to his previous position, and, and and Joseph said, hey, make sure when you get to Pharaoh, you tell him I'm who, who I am. And then that guy forgets all about him. And this is sort of a 13-year uh, run of bad events in Joseph's life, even though he's basically doing the right thing, uh, other than he acted like a 17-year-old. And, uh, and he gets to that spot. <laughs> I hadn't noticed this. I was reading this recently. When uh, the brothers come to Joseph, they don't recognize Joseph. And if you've never read this, you should go and read it. And Joseph is known for being a person of integrity in the Bible. It's like doing the next right thing all the time. And I hadn't read this before, but the first time that his brothers come, he, he doesn't tell them who he is. And, and he's going to give them food and save Israel, ultimately. But I hadn't seen... He actually locks them up for three days before he does that. I'd always miss that. And... Uh, I think it's a kick, because he's kind of like, I'm so glad to see you, but and you don't know who I am, but you tossed me in a pit once, and 13 years in slavery, you're going to spend a few days in the clink, boys. <laughs> but all is well. And then he's going to get him out, and send him, he keeps one. It's a very cool story, you should read it. I'm off the track, but Holy Spirit is how he's able to interpret dreams. Genesis 41, 38. Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man one in whom is the Spirit of God. So this is a, a very real uh, picture of the empowerment of Holy Spirit in a person in the Old Testament. Happens again in the book of Exodus. This time it's with a craftsman named uh, Bezalel. And uh, uh, he's going to do all of the cool things that are going to be made in the tabernacle. Remember when you hear tabernacle, you should always stop. and It's a connection. It's a heaven and earth picture. And I often wonder when Moses is up and God's telling him how this is what's going to happen. You need to get this tabernacle built. And, and God is kind of describing sort of heavenly furniture that needs to be made and things. And you ever think Moses is like writing this? He's writing this down. I got no clue how to do any of this, God, because... You want it what? You want it laid with gold and wheat woven and purple? And, and fortunately, there's Bezalel. See, I've chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, Ruach, with wisdom and understanding and knowledge and with all kinds of skills. So take a breath, Moses, you're going to be okay. I got Bezalel, empowered by Holy Spirit, and he's going to take care of what needs to happen. So here's Holy Spirit empowering people. And then the next group is the prophets. Most of you know about the prophets. And uh, uh, the prophets are empowered by the Spirit of God in order to sort of see what's happening in history from God's point of view and letting us know uh, what's going on. And the, the, the prophets all see the problem that's taken place, which you're aware of, and they're going to sort of refer to what's crashed because of the ideal in Genesis 1 and 2, is that God, in the beginning, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, create this really good world that he wants to live in with us and we with him, and yet we all choose to go our own way. And so we wreck it. Uh, and and we because we give in to evil, which is that... We're going to define for ourselves good and evil. We give in and we take, we take from the wrong tree all the time. And what it does is it unleashes chaos back through our injustice into the planet. 
and we have an issue. And so what the prophets start saying, as they're empowered by Holy Spirit, is that uh, Holy Spirit's going to come, uh, and, and he's going to, uh, just like he did in Genesis 1, where he brought uh, you know, order into chaos, he's going to do that again, but this time he's going to do it in the human heart. And he's going to transform us in order to empower us to love God and love others. And so this is what they're saying Holy Spirit is going to do. And we see, you know, great prophetic words, Isaiah 11, 1, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. This is about Jesus from his roots. Uh, a branch will bear fruit, and the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of might, the Spirit of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord, and he will delight uh, in the fear of the Lord. And he won't judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. Isaiah is saying that Jesus is going to come. He's He's going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to inaugurate this new creation. But it gets better than that in Ezekiel. Ezekiel says, hey, this is going to happen for all those who choose to follow Jesus. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you, and I'll remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. I'm going to empower you to choose the right direction and the right tree. That's what he's saying. And again, in in Ezekiel 37, I'll put my spirit in you, and you will live, and I'll settle you in your own land, and you'll know that the Lord has spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. So all of these prophetic uh, pictures of what's going to happen lead us up into the story to Holy Spirit now in us. It's my favorite. And here's here's what I think happens. The understanding that Holy Spirit actually lives in you when you come to know Jesus, I think it so bends our minds that we can't actually hang out there like we should. The, the, The realization that God now lives in me and empowers me and is with me, and he leads, and he guides, and he nurtures, and he, he's with me always. That, that this is hard for us to grasp in our very finite sort of minds, and that the scripture says that, that Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. And I often, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about, you know, a deposit is just a small part of something, right? Can you imagine your inheritance? If Holy Spirit, if God... Ah, who creates everything and speaks it all into being, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. If Holy Spirit now is with you and he's just a deposit of where we're heading. And so I just think, so we, 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 it's just hard for us to hang on to, but, but Holy Spirit is, He's in you as a believer. And it starts with Jesus. I love this picture now. And, and here's this picture. So Genesis 1, uh, you know, verses 1, 2, and 3, right? Or we got Holy Spirit, we got the Trinity there happening. Look what Luke says. Luke 3. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as He was praying, so you got Jesus there, the Son is there, uh, the Holy Spirit, oh, Holy Spirit's involved now, descended on Him in bodily form like a dove and a voice from heaven you are my son the father is speaking with whom I love with you I am well pleased another beautiful picture of trinity at work and here's this picture again of, of, of Holy Spirit coming because he's empowering Jesus now to start to bring order into chaos once again but he's going to do it at a different level this time it's going to be at a heart 
level. And so it's this beautiful picture of, of what's going on. And now, as I told you, and I, I'm going to say it again because it's the gospel, uh, God is here, fully God, fully man. Jesus arrives on the scene, all these beautiful pictures that we've talked about. But the religious leaders won't accept him, and they're going to have him killed. He's going to willingly go to the cross for us, where he's going to pay for sin, and he's going to pay for death, and then he's going to rise again. And the, the, the gospel writers all understand that even in that, they see the energizing power of Holy Spirit at work in the resurrection. And that you can't keep him down. Because he's got Holy Spirit. He's filled with Holy Spirit. And this is the beginning of setting things back. And Jesus demonstrates that because now he's healing the sick and he's forgiving sins. And, and he's bringing life into death. That's so cool. You know, that's what God is doing all the time, right? He's bringing life into death. And I love this too because on the, on the day of the resurrection, that night, Jesus is overcome. He's there. It's the power of God. And he's, he's gonna go to his disciples that night. And I just think he can't wait to do this. Now, he had to go and spend the afternoon with those couple of disciples that were on the road to Emmaus, because that was important. For whatever reason, that makes the scripture. That's a big deal. And I've often told you that story, that's really wild, because Jesus just was resurrected. Anyway, he goes. He can't wait. He gets to his guys, and he doesn't have to run now, because he, boom, he's just there. And, uh, I'm pretty confident, if you read it, he leaves that little communion thing that's happening with the two disciples in Emmaus and pops into the room. And he has to say, peace be with you, because they thought Jesus was dead, and now, boom, he's in the room, and like, oh, and so peace, peace, everything's going to be good. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Look what he does next. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Like, wow. And I think he couldn't wait. Isn't that cool? <laughs> Yay! Yeah. yeah. So, and, and he says, listen, you, now you're going to join me. This is what we're doing. We're going. And we're, we're, we're going to move everybody along to get them to that amazing place that we're waiting for. And then 49 days later, 50 days, depending on how you count, what the days are, Holy Spirit comes on all the believers. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind. This is why it's so important. You get ruach, this wind. Like, it filled the whole house. This wind filled the house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled. This is so powerful because this is actually a Tower of Babel reversal when, when because mankind was so evil and out of control, they couldn't speak in the same language because they could get up to all even worse kinds of evil than they were doing. But now because Holy Spirit has arrived on the scene, back together where we can have all our languages together because now we can accomplish amazing things. So they begin to partner with Jesus in this work of new creation. And and today, Holy Spirit is still hovering in dark places, and he's pointing people to Jesus. He's, he's transforming and empowering them so they can love God and others. And he works with us in that whole process. This becomes now our vocation. We're partnering with him to make a difference on the planet. And the, the passage that Alice read begins to make sense. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Whoever believes in me, she said, rivers of living water will flow from within. And by this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive 
up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. But we, we know, we've just read this story where he had been glorified. And now the Holy Spirit comes and there's connections there to living water and to trees and to fruit. And, and this is why Paul says about us that because Holy Spirit now is in us, we're going to have fruit developed in us that is the fruit that's needed to do the job that we're called to with Jesus. This is the, the Garden of Eden fruit, in, in effect. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And so we, we're, we are these fruit-bearing trees, if you would, that are pointing people towards what's coming. And we're like little streams of, of water that's helping in that whole direction, partnering with every Holy Spirit to help people find their way back into the picture that's painted for us on the last page of the Bible in Revelation 22 of the heavenly Jerusalem. Remember I've told you that, that what happens at the end is that heavenly Jerusalem comes out of heaven to earth. Earth is renewed and restored. As believers filled with Holy Spirit, you get new, resurrected bodies that are like so good, so much better than what's going on now. <laughs> Incorruptible forever. And, and the, the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And down the middle of the great street of the city on each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are the healing for the nations. And the, and the story ends with this beautiful picture of everything being restored restored and renewed. It's, it's the same picture that was painted in Genesis 1. We mess that up completely by choosing to go our own way and taking from the wrong tree. But God never gives up on his original plan. You need to see that. He never gave up on his ideal. What he intended and what he's planned and what he started is what he'll end up with, even though we've made this a very long, long journey to get back. But he is coming back and he's setting everything right. And all of us who believe will spend eternity with him in that situation that he started from in the beginning. There was a little energy at some point there. Listen, I'm done. I just want to say this. The the Bible says in Romans 10, Apostle Paul said, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And that's the story that I told you throughout this thing. You'll be saved. You'll be connected. You'll be freed from exile. You're back into the story. You have access again to the tree of life in Jesus. But your part is to say, Jesus, yes, will you be my Lord and Savior? And if you've never done it, do it today. Maybe you're watching online. If you've never done it, you've just... Say, Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? Confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. It's the beginning of everything. And Holy Spirit comes, and he really changes everything. If you've never done it, best decision you will ever make in your life. Do it today. Do it today. Ministry team, those of you here wanting to head over the wall, people on the way over there, they're here to pray for you for whatever you might need. And if you've prayed that simple prayer, maybe you want to go and tell them. And, and, uh, and Holy Spirit comes from that prayer. And you, it, you, you may not initially notice him like a rushing wind, but you'll notice him if you're looking because he changes everything. Next week, I'm going to introduce one more set of characters in this story, and that's the Elohim, little E Elohim, the sons of God, the angels, 
they need to be in the story before we move on. But that's where we're heading. Looking forward to it. If you need a touch of God, if you need anything, maybe you felt like you've been depressed or discouraged, let Holy Spirit come and lift you up in hope. Go to the prayer team. They'd be happy to pray for you and, and cover you in prayer. It could be physical. It could be emotional. It could be financial. Whatever your need be, don't be afraid to go get prayer. All right. I see little ones coming in. They're so cute. Let's... Uh... Thank you, church, for being so generous. Thank you for being faithful to giving and offering and tithing, all those cool things that you do. Let's sing doxology, and it will rain children as we're doing that. (laughs) Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll have those doors open for you. Prayer is over there if you need it for anything. Great opportunity to walk in kindness out in the parking lot as you go. Looks like a nice day. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. Ours did not. It was so cold last night, I'm surprised they even showed up. I'd have just been like, nah. Bye. God bless you. Uh, next week, Elohim, it's going to be a lot of fun. Enjoy your day, and I uh, hope it's good wherever you are. I hope you're, you're warm and cuddled up up there. We saw the temps. It was really, really cold up north, so if you're there... I'm praying you've got lots of good snuggly things going on. Yes, All we right. were like the warmest spot in the country. Not saying that to rub it in, but yeah, there no, you go. There you you go. should come visit. There you go. All right. Love you. Bye. Bye.